Hey guys, and welcome back to the Feenstra Zoo. My name is Spencer Feenstra, the host and creator of the zoo. I'm here just to talk to you about things that are on my mind and on my heart. I hope you'll enjoy the show. If you do, please check us out on all social medias at The Feenstra Zoo. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy the show. Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Feenstra Zoo. As you're listening to this, um, this episode, Palm Sunday would have just passed, assuming you're listening to it around the time of release anyway, meaning that for most of us, the Easter Bunny is just around the corner. And for this home and many others, it is much, much more as well. The Easter tradition everyone knows, even outside the church, of course, is the time that Christ died on the cross on Good Friday and rose from the grave just a few days later three days later. And this this would be the most significant time in the Christian calendar, most significant time of the year. I say all this for two reasons. First, to wish you and your family God's blessing on this happy Easter. Second, as I was reading through Luke, um, I found a theme that I wanted to share with you guys, something that really stuck out to me. But before I jump into that, I have to ask of you a small favor to go share this podcast on social media and give me a review anywhere you listen to it. Both of these things will help the Feenstra Zoo grow and hopefully get more people listening, which would greatly help us out here. And lastly, if you're willing to and you're able to, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the Zoo. There you can support the podcast directly all of which would go directly into upgrading the hardware and software for this show. And lastly, head on over to the Podbelly Network, P-O-D-B-E-L-L-Y network.com and check out all the cool stuff there. There's tons of other shows. There's great products. Everything there is super cool. I guarantee you can find something else to listen to after you're done listening to this show, of course. Alright, thanks for hanging in there, guys. What was this new idea that I came across? Well, to be, new, to be honest, there wasn't really anything new about it at all. It's just something that really jumped out to me. My thought was this, that Jesus knew fully what was going to happen to him before he faced the cross. He went willingly to his death and ultimate resurrection like I said, nothing new here. However, it does have some huge implications. And I believe the small part of Luke that I've focused on has a lot to learn, has a lot for me to learn, and hopefully you as well. I know I said I focused on the book of Luke. However, I want to start by looking at a verse in Hebrews, because it's a great example of what I was talking about. In Hebrews 2.12, he, being Jesus, he was willing to die a shameful death because the joy that he knew would come afterward. 
This is a good overarching verse for everything I want to talk about today. Let's break this down a bit to start. Jesus was willing to die, meaning that he knew what he faced, and he accepted what was going to happen. He also knew what would happen after. After the shame and the pain, he knew that there would be joy. Not just the joy of returning to heaven, but he knew if he endured shame, it would create a path for us to join him in heaven. He was willing to die for you and for I. His shame for your eternal joy. Jesus knew. Jesus knew it all. Luke 22 verses 42 to 44. Jesus prayed, Father, if you're willing to take this cup from me, please do. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. You see, Jesus was in such anguish that he needed strength from God and strength from the Lord's angels. When I read this verse, even though I've read it several times before, it struck me differently this time. Jesus knew the plan. He knew what was expected of him. And what spoke to me was that raw emotion shown by Jesus in that verse. He said, I mean, Jesus was fully human after all. Like, he was in anguish. Being in anguish is, is the encompassing of all fear, trauma, stress, anxiety, sorrow, physical and emotional suffering. Looking into the single line made me relate to Jesus. Not that, you know, I'm <laughs> comparing myself to Jesus at all. No, the, the emotions, yes, but not to the same extent. But Jesus still knew these emotions, and that's what made me connect to him. The fear, anxiety, stress, sorrow. See, he knows what we're going through. Reading this passage made me connect with Jesus just a bit more this week. Like I said, not that I'd ever compare myself or my life to his and his struggles. Because, well, dang. <laughs> but reading the Gospels like a biography of Jesus and knowing and feeling like Jesus was truly human. And he had the same temptations and the same daily struggles. It just helped me feel closer to him this week. There's one, well, there's many things that I don't understand about Jesus, but in this Easter episode, I'm going to focus on a few select bits, some select aspects of the person of Jesus Christ. Go back to Luke 22, um, between verses 16 and 23 here. Jesus is sitting with his main crew, his, his truly closest few and he tells them that he won't be eating a Passover again with them. Jesus tells them, my body will be broken and my blood will be spilled, indicating again that he 100% knew what was about to happen. What I don't understand here is that he seemed at peace. With this, he was telling or teaching rather his disciples to do the same, to be at peace. 
Now, if I knew what was about to happen and I was sitting at that table telling my followers that, I, hey, I'm, I'm about to kick the bucket here, guys. You don't understand. Peace and acceptance would not be the words describing me. Peace and acceptance would not even be close to what would be describing me. But Jesus goes one step further. In verse 22, Jesus says, The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed. But woe to the man who betrays him. I'm like, my dude, you know that you had a turncoat in your midst? You know that you're about to be betrayed? This is your closest tight-knit group, your best of best friends in this world. And you sat at a table and broke bread with them and you were at peace? Seriously, my dude, how? All the fear and anxiety couldn't break this guy's sense of peace and shalom. Even when Judas kissed Jesus, signifying the betrayal, and Jesus was arrested, Jesus commanded them, like, guys, no more violence. And he healed the man who came to arrest him. Nothing could shake this man. Let's go back a little bit further. Okay. Assuming we believe that God is three entities in one, which I do, Jesus was fully God, meaning before he came to earth as a baby, he lived outside of time and eternity. So before he ever came to earth, he knew what was in store for himself. But the flip side, he knows what comes after. And the 30-some years that he spent here on this earth is not even close to the blink of an eye in the grand scheme of things. Again, he knew what was going to go down, and when he did come to earth, he obviously knew who he was. We know this because of many references in the scripture of him knowing that Joseph was not his father, but he had a father above. And he obviously knew his scripture, what we call now the Old Testament. So he knew it was himself being referenced in scriptures like Isaiah 53, Deuteronomy 21, and Psalm 22 and 34. There's many, many more prophetic type scriptures throughout the Bible, but I'm just trying to paint a picture here. Let's take a look at Isaiah here for a second. Now, I encourage you to go and actually read the full chapter for context and everything, because I'm just going to pull a few specific lines here. Verse 4 is where I'm going to start. It says, He took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God. Did you hear that? He took our pain and bore our suffering. Sounds like a fun Friday, right? Have you ever called up somewhere and ordered a party of pain and suffering meant for someone else? Probably not. Man. All right. Keep going. Verse five here. He will be pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. By his wounds, we are healed. 
Seems totally fair, right? Man, all right, guys, there's a couple of points I want to make here. Um, first, super bum deal for Jesus. Seriously, he knew that these texts were written about him. Could you imagine knowing this was your life trajectory? Knowing you were born to be pierced, crushed, and beaten for someone else's wrongdoing. I honestly don't know how I would handle that kind of knowledge. Jesus had to have the most ironclad mental and emotional fortitude ever. Dude was fully human, right? It's so insanely impressive thinking about Jesus like this. Next point I want to point out here. This text in Isaiah was written something like 700 years before Jesus was even born. Do you know what it was happening 700 years ago now? Like, that was roughly the 1300s. Like, the beginning of the Italian Renaissance. Writers like Dante were just hitting their stride. The Ming Dynasty was just starting to happen. Imagine someone in that era writing an incredibly detailed story about someone who hadn't been born yet in the year 2022. That's what Isaiah did here. How mind-blowingly insane does that sound? Some dude in the Ming Dynasty telling me what my children are going to be doing in their future. Like, seriously, it's insane. Okay, so the last thing I wanted to touch on from this verse, the accuracy of the prophetic words here. Like, if you didn't know there was roughly 700 years gap between Isaiah and the book of Luke, you might think that Isaiah and Luke watched what was happening from different sides of the room and wrote their perspectives of the same day. The words line up fantastically. And this isn't a one-off scenario. Now, the number varies a little bit. I saw it up or down about five. But the number I saw of prophecies that Jesus fulfilled throughout the Bible was about 324. Like Jesus fulfilled roughly 324 prophecies with great specificity. A number of near incalculable odds. And this dude just made it happen. All right, last topic before I wrap up here. Jesus came to change history. Not just the earthly plane existence that we see it, but the eternal and heavenly existence that we can't fathom or comprehend. Now, Jesus rattled some cages in his day, like literally rewrote history. You don't believe me? Listen to this, okay? H.G. Wells wrote this. Okay, like the writer of HGL. Alright. He says, I am a historian, not a believer. But I confess as a historian that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the center the very center of history. Jesus the Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all history. That came from H. G. Wells. Here's a few things that Jesus had a direct impact on today's lives back when he walked the earth. Number one, women's rights. 
By accepting women into his faith as early Christians, it started a societal shift that made women partners and not subservient. Christianity made them equals, which was very countercultural. Two, human, human rights in general. In many ways, Jesus' teachings of love your neighbor and love your enemy shook culture. It was insane. Slavery, racism, humanitarian aid for cultural outcasts like blind or crippled. This all started by Jesus' teachings. Now there was good people and there, there was people who helped here and there, but this was a full societal shift that continues today. Education. Christians have always been concerned with the mind. You know, love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Literacy came to Ireland by St. Patrick's ministry. Again, Jesus' teachings. Nearly all universities in Europe and a lot in North America started as Christian education schools. This and so much more started all because of a man with no money, no formal eloquent schooling. Dude never wrote a single line, but decided to shake up culture. Zookeepers, let me leave you with this. If this man knew 100% that he was coming to this world, and what he was going to do. All the good things he gave us, the near indescribable horror he was going to have to face, the worst pain and torture and suffering of humanity that that humanity of the time could come up with, all for your sake. He came here to endure this all for you so he could meet you. Is this not worth opening that door change your life like he changed the world as you know guys I'm not a pastor or a highly educated man I'm just some dude who loves Jesus and owns a microphone but if you have any questions send them my way you know where to find me I'm on all the social medias under the Feenster Zoo reach out to me I would love to talk to you. But for now, guys, God bless. I love you. Thank you for listening. Happy Easter.